All right, back again for a Cash Betty podcast. Going to be talking about the San Diego Padres as they have just finished up 30, playing 33 of 34 games. Going to get into how the players are doing, what I see about the team. Uh, I'm going to get into some trade candidates, some guys that I think the Padres could look to as the uh, we're approaching the All-Star break and the trading deadline. Maybe they can add, add a player or two. So let's just start with the schedule. I think the Padres definitely weathered the storm. You know, I mean, that that schedule is really brutal. Having to play 33 of 34, I knew that schedule was going to be tough. I knew this was going to be the hardest, you know, stretch of the season. Um, But when you, like, when you factor in that they played four games that went into extra innings, like... They went 18 and 15 in this stretch. And I would have said, yeah, I mean, that's not bad. But I would have probably projected that they would have gone like 20 and 13, maybe 19 and 14. But when you factor in that they played those four straight games where they went into extra innings early in this stretch, I would have said, okay, they're not going to they're not going to have that great of a record. I doubt they're going to be 18 and 15. I probably would have predicted something like 17, 16 at best, maybe 16 and 17. And you factor in the teams that they played. I mean, they played Houston, who leads their division. New York Mets leads their division. Chicago, I think, is tied or leads their division. And then the L.A. Dodgers, you know, is arguably the best team in baseball. They played the Mets twice in that stretch, the Cubs twice. I mean, that, that was a brutal stretch for the Padres. Why the Padres, you know, the only teams that have – to play 33 of 34, I have no idea. I think it's total bullshit. I think they were gassed in a lot of those, you know, you could just tell. Like, the defense wasn't as sharp. They were swinging. It just, the bats weren't there. And everyone was freaking out. And everyone's, you know, I think that they were fifth, They were 11 and 15 at one point in this stretch. And then they go on a 7-0 seven, seven and o to finish it off. All games at home started with Cincinnati. And I think the crowd was a huge factor in changing the energy for the team. I mean, you could just see it, right? You know, Tatis hits a home run, and the place is just going nuts. I mean, we haven't had fans in a year and a half or full capacity of fans in a year and a half. We got this real good, young, exciting team. It was it was great. You're up 2-0, you go to the ninth, Belanson blows it, and it's 4-2, to and you're just like, fuck, dude. You're like, holy shit, this is like we can't get out of this funk, and it just sucks. And then Hosmer has a huge home run, ties it up, crowd's going crazy, and then Carantini hits a bomb, and I feel like everything just changed. I felt like the energy, the energy from the fans, just everything just changed from that game, and you could just see it on defense, especially. Like, Machado's making plays left and right, and he's always been fantastic on defense, but I thought Hosmer was better on defense in these seven games. Um, Cronenworth's making plays, like, they were just sharp, like... Um, Hassan Kim was just fantastic on defense. Like he made the over the shoulder catch against the Reds was great to end one of the games. I thought Melanson blowing that game and then, you know, kind of getting the monkey off the back of Hosmer. I thought that was huge. Carantini, the fans, like everything. I thought that actually worked out and they're now 20 and four at home in their last 24 games. And I think they're going to play. They're going to play great at home the rest of the season because I think I think most of the games are going to be sold out or at least thirty thousand. You know, 
And they just have that energy in it, and it's fantastic. You sweep the Dodgers, and I get it, dude. I get it, Dodgers. You, you didn't have Seager. Betts, you know, played a game or, or two games, and then he, he came out one of the games, and and then he didn't play yesterday. And uh, Muncie, you know, and Bellinger. Like, I get it. But you can't use that fucking excuse if you're one of these guys that, oh, we swept you last year in the playoffs, and, and you suck, and fuck you. You can't use that excuse because – we didn't have Lament, who was a top five pitcher last year. We didn't have Clevenger, who's a really damn good number two. Both of those guys could have shoved for six, seven innings in games one and two, and, and the, that whole series could have been different. But you said not one guy in the national media said anything about it, never mentioned our injuries of our two starting pitchers. If it would have been two starting pitchers from the Dodgers, that's all that would have been talked about. Everyone would have said, well, what do you want them to do? They're throwing bullpen games every time. But, but when it happens to us, you know, or it happens to you with the injuries. All you do is use the injuries excuse, and I get it if you're gonna if you're gonna do that. But you can't have it just just only one way. You gotta it's gotta be both ways. You gotta say, oh, okay, I understood. You know, we didn't we didn't beat them at their full strength, and then the Padres fans can go, yeah, I get it. We didn't beat them at their full strength, but we beat you. We swept your ass. And it, what's funny is when the Padres lost the first two games. Against the Dodgers this year, I said they were really close, and a lot of people on Padre Twitter were like crushing me. It's the same people, you know, that when they were 11 and 15 in this stretch are just going crazy. Team sucks. Uh, trade this. And are they, are they sellers, Craig? Are they going to be sellers? Oh my God, they're not even going to make the playoffs. Look at the standings. Not, and I'm like, dude, just shut the fuck up. I'm like, you don't understand schedules. Like, schedules in sports matter. Like, I'm not, I don't bet baseball. But in football, it's the first thing I do is I study the schedules and I look and I circle games because I know when, okay, this is going to be a tough trip for this team. They're going to the East Coast and they just played, you know, a Monday game or something or three out of four on the road. They're going to be tired, three different time zones and something like stuff. All that stuff matters, factors into it. People think just, oh, team A is playing team B, team A should win because they're better. No, that's not how it works in sports. So I think the Cubs, Mets, they got the Padres at the right time. We play those guys again. We're going to beat them. We're better than those teams. I mean, you know, you you face Degrom. Yeah, sure. I mean, he's the best pitcher. You know, I've never seen anything like it. But besides that, I mean, we'll beat those guys and the Cubs. You you know, we'll get them. Especially the way Machado's going. But the Dodgers, like, like we got you. We swept you. And like going back to where I said. You know, Mookie Betts makes a great catch in one of the games, and and the Padres lose the first two. And all Padre Twitters, we just can't beat them, man. It just sucks, fucking this and that. And I'm like, dude, we're close. We're right there. We're right there. Being close doesn't mean shit. You got to win the fucking games. Well, guess what? Ever since we're seven and one against them, how's that now? I mean, fuck, dude. Some of you guys just talk so much shit and just like, it's not just black and white, man. Like, not everything is. You, you, Try to look at it and go, okay, this this is going in the right direction. This is definitely going in the right direction. And to me, this team thrives when Machado's, Machado's got it going. I mean, you saw it last year. First month of last year, they're kind of hovering around 500, a little bit above 500, and Machado was, wasn't having that good of his year. And then, boom, Machado just had a huge second half or, or month, whatever, for that season. You know, and I know it's only a 60-game sample size, but that 30, 35 games to end the year, I mean, he just, he was crushing everything. Well, he's in that zone now. He's crushing everything. And when he's hot like this, 
We're very tough to beat. We're as good as anyone. I don't care if the Dodgers have a full fucking lineup. When Machado's going, how he's going lately, we're as good as anyone. He's got his upper numbers now up. I mean, they're still not that good at 258, 338 on base and an OPS of 802. But I guarantee that thing's going to get close to 850 OPS really soon. He's got 12 home runs now. He's driven in a lot of RBIs. He's hit with runners in scoring position. He's as good of a defensive player as I've ever seen. I mean, Arenado maybe makes more spectacular plays, but this guy makes, it seems like, I mean, some of these throws that he makes, it's always on the money. He's, he's as good of a third baseman throwing the ball across the field I've ever seen. He's as good of a third baseman I've ever seen playing right field. I mean, the shift, he goes over there. You know, a normal guy doesn't make all the plays that he's making. And then you got fucking Dave Roberts. Oh, my God. Dave Roberts crying about the shift. Shut the fuck up. I am so fucking tired of Dave Roberts. He has the most... Make the world a better place and punch Dave Roberts in his fucking face. I can't stand that guy. He just bounces around and he's, you know... He's got his look like, hey, I'm Dave Roberts, man. I manage the team. We won the World Series. They won the World Series despite your ass, dude. You're nothing. You're not a good manager. You pretty much lost yesterday's game. You left Bauer in too long. You know, what's wrong? You couldn't go to your bullpen in the seventh inning? He, he threw a lot of pitches. He was, you know, I don't understand why he left him in. Boom. Home run, seventh inning. Oh, I'm Dave Roberts. I'm so cool. Will Myers has got second and third on. Will Myers strikes out a lot, dude. Oh, I'm going to put the bases loaded. Okay, well, you put the bases loaded, and the next guy walks in a guy. Because if he would have walked Will Meyer or walked the next guy, it would have been at first, and you still had a chance. But no, you're such a great manager. I mean, I don't know. He's not a good manager at all to me. And then he always uses, you know, the you know the analytic guys on, on, on Twitter. I mean, those guys are the best, dude. They're never wrong on anything. And they just come out every time. Well, the computer told him to do this, and computer... Then what the fuck's the point of the manager? Why does he think he's such a badass? Why does he think he's the commissioner? Oh, you shouldn't be allowed to shift or I don't like the shift. You shouldn't put him in the outfield and this and that. Shut the fuck up. I'm so sick and tired of his arrogant ass and the media and the Dodgers. I'm so fucking tired of all those people, that Dave Rosenthal guy or whoever. Guy's the biggest troll. What a fucking pussy he is. Tries to attack everybody. Tries to... Uh, you know, puts all these stupid ass tweets, thinks he's the biggest badass, and then people respond to him, and then and he's like, look at them, they're acting like it's the World Series and this and that. Dude, shut the fuck up, man. When Mookie Betts caught that, caught that ball and won the game in April, did, was he acting like it was the World Series? Like, oh, their fans cheer too loud and this and that. What happened? We only have 12 fans. Oh, they've only had fans for two years. Get the fuck out of here, dude. We've had fans from the Matt Bush drafting his sorry ass. We've, we've been there. We, we deserve this. You got your ass kicked, take your lickings, and, and you come back the next series against us. Just shut your fucking mouth in that media. It's just so annoying. And they're so just like, oh, we're just way better than you. No, you're not. You're not way better than us. I get it. If your team's healthy, yeah, your team's probably a little bit better. I mean, I ain't dumb, but I'll tell you what. Those motherfuckers can't put put that shit on the ball anymore. I mean, Uri has got bombed. I mean, that's the first game without putting shit on the ball. Bauer gave up three home runs. I mean, he could say he pitched good and, you know. I mean, Machado owns his sorry ass. You know, Tatis, he didn't have a good game last or last night against him, but he's already hit two bombs off of him. We're going to hit home runs off of that motherfucker. 
So we face him if we somehow get him in the playoffs, we'll hit two or three home runs in a game. Hopefully someone's on base. All of them were solo shots yesterday, but we can match up with them. Kershaw, Machado and Tatis hit them. You know, as long like I said, as long as Machado's got it going, we're very dangerous. When Machado is struggling, he's hitting that 240, 230 range and he can't drive the ball. And that's what I think on Machado this year. I think he was hurt for a good portion. I think maybe he got off to a slow start, was healthy, but then I think he got hurt. Remember, he missed like five, six straight games. He never does that. He plays every fucking game. Oh, Johnny Hustle. This is so stupid. Like the whole hustling thing is the dumbest fucking thing. The guy almost caught a ball on the warning track and he plays third base, like in right right field in the corner. You know, I mean, yeah, I get it. He's, a, he's on the shift. I mean, no one hustled more. He won that game yesterday basically on defense. He's phenomenal. But like I said, I think he's starting to really drive the ball. Once he starts hitting the right center, you know he's hot. And you can see the full extension on his swing. It's back to last year where he lifts up his left arm. He wasn't doing that for a couple weeks where he was holding two arms with it because I think he, I think his shoulder was jacked up. So I'm very encouraged on him. I, I expect him to continue to ball. If he continues to ball, because Tatis is pretty consistent, you know. I mean, shit, he's got, I don't know what he has, like 21 home runs, 22 home runs. Whatever he has, he's played like less less than 50 games or he's played 50 games or something. I mean, he's been phenomenal. Like, you, Tatis is a consistent player. Yeah, he'll go through a slump here and there, but every player does. But Machado goes through like, like kind of like meh months, like for a month or two where you're just like, yeah. But then he gets like really hot. And I think we're going to see more consistency on Machado because I think he's going to be fully healthy. Cronenworth is just balling. Um you know, and he's got his average up to 284 on base of 351 and OPS at 820. I mean, an OPS of that, a second baseman at 820 is phenomenal. 11 home runs. I don't know why teams continue to pound him in and pitch inside. I mean, I would pitch that guy away and make him, you know, drive the ball to left field. See if he could do that because he, he's crushing the inside pitch. You throw a, a breaking ball, slider or curveball down and in, he just fucking turns on it and it's gone. Throw him an inside fastball, he usually turns on it. Um, I mean, he's been phenomenal. I, I, I'll be honest. I, I thought he would, he would decline a little bit from last year, and he's improving. He's just getting better and better, which is a great sign for the Padres. I mean, you know, how about that trade? Everyone, oh, the, the, Rays, the Rays knew on Tommy Pham. They knew. They knew. Well, did they know on Cronenworth? And by the way, Tommy Pham's having a great season now. And I, I'll eat crow on Tommy Pham. I thought he was done. Um, it didn't look like he could drive the ball. And I wasn't just basing it off of this year. Because if it was just this year, I'd be like, oh, well, I mean, eventually he'll start getting it going. I mean, look at his track record. But I was basing it off of last year and this year. I just felt like, okay, he's damaged goods. Like the Rays knew he was damaged goods and he never got healthy for for us. And he can't drive the ball. And at least we got Cronenworth in the trade. But no, he's he's healthy now, and he's driving the ball to right center. He's driving the ball down the line. Um, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but he's been fantastic. He's been, he he was our best player for like two weeks, three weeks, you know. Besides the tease, or a month, you know, he's been phenomenal. Leadoff hitter, always getting on base, doing a lot. I mean, of course, Padre Twitter doesn't like him for some reason because. 
I asked like two people, I was like, why does Padre Twitter hate that guy so much? I'm like, it can't just be going to a strip club. Like who gives a flying fuck? And then someone told me, well, he's a conservative. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. That shit needs to just stop. Like who gives a fuck what any of these players politics are? I'm a conservative. Okay. If you don't like me now and you think I'm a racist, then don't follow me. I really don't give a fuck. I don't care. I don't talk politics on Twitter. Um, I feel like I probably should because I'm getting really sick and tired of all all these people on Padre Twitter. They can say whatever they want, but if you have a different view, they just they want to they want to kill you almost. You know, you got a you got that Patrick Daly guy. He said, and Hosmer deserves Chris, and Hosmer's been terrible, but he says he doesn't even deserve oxygen. Like, get the fuck out of here, dude! Like, it's a fucking baseball game. Like, these are real human beings. Like. Oh, Hosmer didn't get the vaccine, so I hate him? Like, come on, dude. It's his own personal choice. You don't agree with it? You don't agree with it? Great. Move on, dude. You act like a little child, and then he's like, oh, right-wing Padre Twitter is really upset at me. No, everybody should have been upset at you. You're a fucking asshole. You're a clown. I'm getting really tired of these guys, dude. Like, do you like what's going on with, with our president right now? I mean, do you like the inflation that's going on? Do you like... Do you like how if you go to the grocery store, it's more expensive now? you like when you go to the gas station, it's more expensive? Like, I'm surprised when you go to the gas station now and you you try to fill up your tank. Like, I'm surprised there's not a guy, like, on the intercom that's like, Sir, sir, pump three. Sir, I'm pump three. Um, you have to assume the position so that the, the pump will work. No, 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 you have to bend over, sir. Sir, if you would bend over on pump three, once you bend over, sir, then the then you can pump your gas because you're just getting fucked on your gas right now. Absolutely fucked right in the ass, right in the ass. I mean, they should give you Vaseline right there because you're just getting butt fucked. You know, after like eighty seven dollars, uh, sir. Thank you, thank you for uh, getting your gas at Chevron with Techron. That was eighty seven twenty that you just spent. Uh, yeah, I understand that uh, only like six months ago it was $55, but now it's $87. Thank you, sir. And next time you come in, if you'd like Vaseline, we have that for you. I mean, fucking hey, dude. But shit, if anyone has a different, you know, opinion, it, it's like, oh, fuck that guy. Like Chris Paddock. Like, I don't know. I guess he's a conservative. I don't know. I don't care. But Padre Twitter destroyed that guy, you know? And he's been pitching really well. Now you're, it was trade him. Get him out of here. Fuck him. Tommy Pham, fuck him. Get him out of here. Hosmer gets blamed for everything. And Hosmer's having a terrible season. Don't get me wrong. But I do think Hosmer, like as this season goes on and he opened his stance up, I think he's going to be much better. I think you're going to see him be like how he was last year. Last year he was really good. He hit like nine home runs in 38 games. He was driving the ball. He wasn't hitting everything on the ground. And he has, I, I feel like Hosmer's been really unlucky, especially lately. Like he has, I think, the most hard hit balls over 95 miles an hour that are, are out. And you could say, well, a lot of them are probably ground balls. And I'd agree with you. Okay, take away like 10 of them that are ground balls or whatever. Or take away 15 that are ground balls or whatever percentage. He's still going to have, he's still going to be up there and be unlucky. I think his numbers, you know, I mean, the 671 OPS for a first baseman, I mean, that's pathetic. That's absolutely pathetic. But with the new open stance, I mean, he got robbed of one home run. He hit a home run, you know, recently. 
I think he, I think he's driving the ball more. He's hitting line drives. I know he's, he's hit like three or four line drives that have been caught where you're just like, okay, he smoked those balls. He smoked one yesterday off Bauer up the middle. He, he smoked one, you know, uh, I think it was in the second inning, the lead off or whatever, or it was after Machado's home run. Um, it was right at the guy. Um, he smoked a couple against Cincinnati that got caught. I think the new stance is going to help him. Uh, Myers, for some reason, gets a free pass. Like, I root for these guys. I root for all of them. They're all Padres. I feel like Padre Twitter is like, well, I don't like that guy because of his politics. Like, fucking A, get rid, stop that crap. Who fucking cares? Okay? I'll say this and I'll end it with politics, the stupid politics. I'm not going to change your opinion. You're not going to change mine. I'm going to have my views. You're going to have yours. I don't care. I could be friends with a liberal. I'm friends with plenty of liberals. You know, I don't know why on Padre Twitter, it's almost like, well, if you're a conservative or you're a liberal, I can't be friends with you. Like I saw, I I told a guy on Padre Twitter, I was like, yeah, I'm a conservative. One second later, the guy unfollowed me. I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) Like, Jesus Christ, take it way too serious. Um, But I feel like Myers gets like a free pass. I don't know. He's hitting 248. He's got it on base. 323. He's got an OPS of 738. I mean... We need a little more from him. I don't know why he doesn't get criticized half as much as Hosmer. I mean, you could tell me, well, he's having a better year. I mean, yeah, I guess he's having a little bit better year. And one thing on, on Myers that's got me a little optimistic is Jonathan on Twitter DM'd me, and he was like, you notice that Myers doesn't have that thing around his wrist. I didn't even know he had something around his wrist. So maybe maybe he was playing injured. I know he was off to a really good start, and then Pittsburgh kind of hurt his ankle. And he wasn't, he wasn't driving the ball. Like uh, a lot of Myers usually has a decent OPS because he's always got a really good slugging percentage, but his slugging percentage has been down this year. And then lately, you know, he's hit a couple home runs. He got that triple. I think he had a double, like he's got a lot of extra base hits in these last, like, you know, seven games. Um, So maybe he's starting to get healthy. Maybe he gets it going. Um, As far as, you know, the pitching goes, Snell is 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 really hurt this team. I mean, he can't pitch on the road. At home, he's phenomenal. He's great at home. On the road, he's an absolute disaster. You can't have a starter going three, four innings. I mean, I don't understand what Weathers is doing in AAA. I don't understand why we're wasting innings him in AAA when we need innings from guys. And Weathers definitely looks like, you know, he doesn't look overmatched or... or or walking guys, or he's not inconsistent. Like, he's been solid. I don't understand what we're doing. I would like to go to a five-man rotation and just have Weathers be, you know, a long inning guy and almost pretty much back up Snell and, and, or piggyback Snell and piggyback uh, Lament or, or Diaz, you know, piggybacks. If, if one of them gets short innings, uh, short outcomes in, in both of their starts, like, kind of close to each other, then you know, you have Diaz and you have Weathers. I don't understand what they're doing there. But Snell, like, I guarantee if Snell was a conservative, I don't know what he is. I don't fucking care. I guarantee he'd be getting destroyed even more. But, I mean, he does get destroyed, you know, on Padre Twitter to some degree. And, like, Tommy Pham, like, who cares if he went to a fucking strip club? Who fucking cares? I could care less. The guy's balling now. I don't see anyone talking about it anymore now. It's funny how if the guy starts balling, no one's no one really. Oh, okay, we'll, we'll stop talking about it. Paddock, oh, we'll stop talking about it. I mean, just 
just treat the guys the same. Like if a guy sucks, then yeah, bash him. But don't don't rip on him because well, I don't agree with his politics. So I'm going to rip on him more, or I don't like him because I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I just who fucking cares? Uh, going back to the bullpen though, I mean Chris Matt's got an ERA at two point eight. Chris Matt's really helped this team. He's helped this team out a lot. I think he's been um very uh, like I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves. Pagan really worries me with the three point seven three ERA. Um, Stammen's been really good, 2.89, Melanson and Hill, Melanson 1.91 and Hill at 2.43. Melanson, like I see, I'm going to start talking about players that they could, you know, possibly go for in trades. I see some people, my brother included, saying maybe go get a closer. I mean, I could see that, you know, but I think Melanson, I mean, pitched five of six games. I think he was, you know, a little gassed and... You know, you got those four extra inning games. He was in a few of those, and you're playing 33 of 34. They just need a break. Like, now that they're going to get a, a day off today, I'm doing this podcast on a Thursday, play three against the Diamondbacks. You, you should sweep the Diamondbacks. I know that they're not going to play with the same energy, and they'll probably, you know, but Paddock's pitching tomorrow. I mean, I could see him shoving. You know, he's got that energy, and you just scratch a few runs and, once you get to the Diamondbacks bullpen, you, you should just destroy them. Especially the way Machado's hitting, swinging the bat right now. I mean, when Machado goes, like I said, man, this team's gonna this team's gonna be really tough to beat. He put, right in the middle of the order, he's driving and runs. Um, he's gonna go on one of those rampages. And after the Diamondbacks, you know, they go, they go to Philadelphia and I believe Washington. I don't know, but they uh, yeah, I think so. It's, I think it's at Philadelphia at Washington. Those teams are okay, but the way we're swinging the bats and the way, you know, you're going to get three against the Diamondbacks, day off today, three against the Diamondbacks, and then another day off, I think we're going to be pretty fresh. And I wouldn't be surprised if they pitch Snell on Sunday, even though he's not scheduled to pitch Sunday. He's scheduled to pitch Tuesday, I believe. But if you could push him up one start so that he pitches at home instead of on the road, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Okay, now let's go to some of the players that they could probably trade for or at least I think, you know, maybe look into. Personally, I think they need a reliever the most because I think I'm a little optimistic on Hosmer and Myers, especially with Hosmer opening up his stance. I think it's going to be different. Wouldn't be surprised if the second half Hosmer looks like how he did last year. And like I said, he had nine home runs in 38 games last year. He's got six home runs in whatever games this year. He's not driving the ball. But that open stance, it looks different. So personally, I don't think we need another bat. I think maybe a bench bat would be nice to get. But if they do go get a bat, you can't just get like a halfway decent guy. Like unless you ex- strictly put him on the bench. And because Profar sucks. So coming off the bench like in the seventh, eighth inning, we have a pinch hitter. I'd rather have an upgrade over Profar, but if you go whatever guy you go and get that, you're not going to have to trade that much. Now, if you go get a, a real player and a real bat, and you say, "Okay, we're going to put Hosmer or Myers on the bench because Fam ain't coming out." Okay, Grisham obviously isn't coming out. Cronenworth, Tatis, and Machado definitely aren't coming out. So it'd be between Hosmer or or Myers. So if you want to upgrade on those. Then here's are some names I got. Jesse Winkler is the first name. Now he's got two years of arbitration, 2023 and 2020, or 2022 and 2023, and he's a free agent in 2024. 
So Winkler can help you for this year, obviously, and then he can help you in the next two seasons and, you know, you got your outfielder because you're going to need an outfielder. Now, how soon do they think um, Abrams can come up? He got two hits. Last I was just watching, I think he was two for three. His average is over 300. You know, I don't know what age he is. I think he's 19 in AAA. Maybe he's 20. Not, not in AAA, he's in AA. I wouldn't be surprised if Abrams is up. I wouldn't be surprised he could play, you know, left field for them if, you know, Cronenworth either stays at second base or Cronenworth goes to first base and Hosmer's your DH and Hassan Kim plays second base. I think Abrams is going to have to play the outfield because he's not, I don't know where they're going to put him at second. You got Cronenworth really good and then obviously Tatis at shortstop. But that's, that's putting a lot of pressure on a rookie just to come in on a World Series caliber team. So maybe you go get, uh, you know, a more secure bat for the outfield. And then Myers, after next year, I believe, is gone. Like, so that then you could bring up Abrams the following year. So maybe you go that route. And if you went that route, you'd be more willing to get Jesse Winkler. Now, Winkler's hitting 333. He's got an on base of 405. And he's got a slugging percentage of 1,002. I mean, that's, those are fantastic numbers. And I looked at him. He's, his on-base the last couple of years has been really high. So this guy can get on base. He can hit the ball. He can drive the ball. Um, you put him in our lineup. Let's just, say, let's just say they took Myers out and he plays right field. And you got Winkler. I mean, you would you would have Fam lead off. You'd have Winkler probably two, Tatis three, Machado four. Um, I don't know, Cronenworth five, uh, Hosmer, Gresham. Uh, well, you got a lot of lefties in there now. Uh, I don't know. You could have a lot of left-handed hitters in there. I don't know. But I mean, the the lineup would be really deep that way. So maybe okay, maybe you take Myers and you put Myers at first base. So you go. You know, and Myers is hitting in the six, whatever. But I think Winkler would cost a lot. I mean, you're talking probably, if I'm the Reds, first guy I'm starting with in the conversation is Abrams. And if you're the Padres, you just say, no, we're not trading Abrams. And then, and then I go, okay, well, that's the first guy. But I'm going to want Gore and more. So I'm going to say Gore and Camposuano. And if I'm the Padres, I say, no, I'm not doing that. I mean, I don't mind trading Gore. More, I'm more holding on to Camposuano. Gore, I'm disappointed in Gore. Maybe I'm giving up. I'm not giving up on him, but maybe I'm, you know, undervaluing him. But he just doesn't look the same. His control, it's Blake Snell all over again. But that's down in the minor leagues. He's only 22 years old. If he could get his control, maybe he'll be better. But I don't, I don't see the pop on the fastball anymore. Like the, when he... First came up, I did when I was watching him. He, he got all the way up to Double A, and he was pretty good. He had he used all his pitches. He used curveballs. He used sliders. It seems like like right now all he uses is a goddamn changeup and a fastball. And his fastball doesn't have that much pop. Um, it's usually ninety one, ninety two, but the reading on the El Paso gun, I guess, is always a little slow. Like I saw Weathers today, he was throwing ninety two, ninety three, so maybe it is a little slow on the thing. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to cost a lot to get that guy. Cause you're going to have him for two and a half years of control and he's a phenomenal bat. They're not going to just say, Oh yeah, well just give us Gore. They're going to want more. 
So Gore and, I don't know, Americano and Reggie Lawson maybe gets it done. I don't know. Gore and Camposuano probably gets it done. And then you, you might say, well, what about Weathers? Weathers and Camposuano. I think Weathers is better than Gore. I don't, I don't, I see a lot of people still are higher on Gore than Weathers. I saw someone on Twitter. I respect it. I forget who it was. He was like, no, Gore still. And I was like, nah. I mean, Weathers is more proven. Weathers got, to me, he's got way better fastball. I mean, his changeup's not as good, but he's got a good slider. His slider's better than Gore's. Um, anyways, another guy maybe possibly is Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds of the Pirates. I mean, he's going into his first year of arbitration, and he's he's not a free agent until 2026. Well, the Pirates... That's a guy that they're going to want to build around, okay? So it's going to cost a shitload to get him. I mean, he's hitting 306. He's got an on-base at 397. OPS at 924. I mean, it's going to take a shitload to get that guy. Because you know, you're talking about control till 2026. I mean, they're going to they're gonna ask for, for Abrams. And you're going to say no. And then they're going to say, okay, I want Gore, Camposuano, and a throw-in, you know? I mean... Gore, Camposuano, and I don't know, Josh Mears. Not, not really just a throw-in. Another pretty good player, Josh Mears. And I'm just not doing that. So I think it would cost too much to get him. Now, Adam Frazier's a more likely trade candidate, in my opinion. Uh, he's hitting 324. He's got an on-base of 390, OPS of 852. He's arbitration next year, and then he's a free agent in 2023. And that actually works out perfect for the Padres. So he can play next year in the outfield. You know, good hitter, doesn't really drive the ball or anything like that, but all good on base, good average. Um, he could play the outfield for next year with Myers, and then maybe you have Abrams, you know, so he doesn't have to start, but he could play a lot. You could move him around, like kind of like how they're using Hassan Kim did this year. You could put him at second, you could put him at short. You could put him in in any of the outfield positions for Abrams. Abrams would get enough at-bats, I believe, kind of like that. Not necessarily as a starter, but as a utility player, kind of like Profar. And that would work. Um, and I don't think it would cost too much to get him because the Pirates probably are like, okay, our window's not in this guy's timeline, and he's going to be a free agent in 2023. He's probably not going to sign with us. So, yeah, they, I could see the Padres, you know, it's probably going to cost, I mean, straight up, Camposuano, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you feel like Frazier puts you over the top batting-wise and he helps enough next year, then, yeah, I'd, I would do that. I'm not going to trade Gore for him. Abrams, not even close. Um, Robert Hassel, I don't know if I would trade Hassel straight up for him. That'd be close. But Camposuano, I don't know if I would, but it'd be close. I wouldn't just be like, oh, we just got totally ripped off. Because you're getting a good player for two years or a year and a half. And it helps, in my opinion, it would help the development of Abrams. Because if the DH is back, then you can, you can rotate guys around. Um, another guy is Joey Gallo that, I don't know, I see a lot of people on Padre Twitter that want him. I, I've never really been a big fan of this guy. He's got 13 home runs. He's always can, he's can always hit for power. And his defense is really good. He can play all the outfield positions, play some first base, play some third base. I mean, he's got versatility that the Padres, you know, always like. That that part of him is very intriguing. But I just feel like he strikes out too much. I don't feel like he hits, hits enough. You know, like if there's first and third, there's one out in the eighth, and we're down like one run, I want to feel confident that you're going to 
You're going to at least hit a fly ball and tie the game. You're going to make contact. I just feel like he strikes out too much. He's only hitting 221. On base is good. It's always pretty good, 384. But his OPS is only 799. I mean, for a power hitter like that, like, I mean, you want that to be like 850. Um, he's arbitration next year, and he's a free agent in 2023. Kind of like Frazier, he would help the development of Abrams so you don't have to force him up next year um, right away. So those are the those are the hitters and, and Starlin Marte, I think, is another guy uh, for the Marlins. He could play all three outfield positions. I don't think it would cost that much for him. I don't, Gallo, I think it's going to cost a little bit. He's kind of got the name to him. Um, but you're looking at something less than Frazier because Frazier's better than Gallo. Um, Marte is just a rental. I don't think it would cost that much. To me, he'd be a perfect, you know, but again, then you're taking Myers out, I guess, or you're taking Hosmer out. So I don't want to give up too much because I don't feel like I'm getting that much better of a player. I mean, Marte's better than both of those guys and more consistent and can play all three outfield positions, but you got to factor in what you're giving up too. He's a free, like I said, he's a free agent after years, so that, that's him. Now, you go to the relievers, and this is where, like, I really want to get. This is the main guy that I want to get. Um, is Richard Rodriguez. He's on the Pirates. He's got a whip of 7 or .716. He's got 8Ks per 9, which is, I mean, that's okay. That's not the greatest thing ever. He's, he's got two years of arbitration. He's a free agent in 2024. And you want relievers with arbitration because you're just playing it year, year by year. Because reliever one year, he looks good. The next year, he sucks. His ERA is 1.84. He's throwing 29 innings. I mean, that guy, I think the Padres and Dodgers could get in a bidding war for him. The Pirates, again, his timeline doesn't fit there. You know, he's a little bit older. And he's going to be a free agent in 2024. I don't think it's going to cost, you know, a moon to get him. You know, I, I don't know. Americano and Reggie Lawson and... You know, I don't know. You could probably do a three for one. <coughs> you know, <coughs> excuse me, or something. I don't. Th- I don't think you have to give up any of your top hundred prospects. I think you could do like a three for one or two pretty good prospects. I think you could get him now. The one thing is, if the Dodgers or another team get in a bidding war, because the Dodgers need a reliever, in my opinion, just as bad as we do, if not more. If they're willing to pony up, then maybe you get in a bidding war with him. Um, another guy on the, the Twins is Taylor Rogers. He's a left-handed pitcher. He's got a whip of 1.088, ERA 2.67. Um, you know... Again, I don't think it would cost too much to get him because they're just relievers. Like, it shouldn't cost that much, especially just for rentals. I mean, Rodriguez wouldn't be a rental. but And then another, another way is a starter that I think would be interesting is Jose Barreras on the Twins. He's got a whip of 1.092, ERA of 3.56. He's not a free agent. He's a free agent in 2023, so we need to have him for a year and a half. And, I mean... That, that would just give you another starter. That would give you, especially if you're going to, if you feel like, like if you got that guy and then you traded Weathers for a bat, like that would make some sense because then you would have Burrios for next year and you still would have enough 
arms because I want Weathers to be a starter next year or at least, you know, give him a lot of innings. Um, you, you could do something like that. I think that guy's supposed to be available. That would make some sense. It would help you with the innings, you know, because right now we need some guys to do some innings. But just in general with the whole team, I think they're about to go on – I mean, they're already won seven in a row, which is fantastic. It's just the way the schedule now, you're playing a bunch of teams that aren't that good coming up before the All-Star break. The Giants have, like, played, like, their easy part of the schedule. I think they got a shot to even catch the Giants. They're six in the loss column. I know it says they're four and a half out. I look at the loss column. They're six out from them. They're two out from the Dodgers. But they've played a lot more games. So both those teams are going to get a little tired in the second half. I think the Padres' schedule for the second half is much easier. They play the Giants a bunch of times. Um, I think they're four and five against the Giants to start this year. So they got, I think, ten more against the Giants or nine. Um so they got some heads up match, but the Giants, I believe, play fifty-one of their last seventy-four or second half of the seventy-four or seventy-three or against teams with winning record. At least when I checked, it was. So don't like, oh no, that's not true. I don't know. I think the Cardinals are in there. I think the Cardinals are below five hundred now. But I mean, you're going to be playing some really good teams. Giants, of course, have another day off. I don't know how much. I mean. What have we played? Like three more games than them or something? The Giants, they got a really old team. I don't know what the Giants are going to do as far as the trade deadline goes because they could use a reliever too. So maybe they go after the Rodriguez guy. I don't know. There's probably other relievers. I don't, I don't have time to look up every single fucking guy. I'm just doing this for fun. Um, I don't – I think – I don't want to make the wild card. I mean, if you could push it to win the division, then you got to trade a little bit to, to do that. Because making the wild card, let's say you make the wild card and the, the Dodgers win the division. You face Gosman in one game, even if it's at home, that's going to be tough to beat them. You know, you face the Dodgers in the wild card and you got to face Bueller. Now, I mean, I would take our chances against Bauer and, and Kershaw. I think we could hit those guys pretty good. Um but I would assume that they use Bueller. That's going to be tough if it just comes down to one game. So if you got to trade a little bit more this year to win the division and you get into a series, because you want to get into a series, seven-game series, I like the Padres' chances against anyone. I mean, I would favor the Dodgers, but what, 60-40, 55-45, you know? It ain't going to be that huge of an upset if the Padres beat them. Uh, and one thing, too, on the whole schedule thing, Vegas never doubted the Padres. Like, their World Series odds never really changed. It was always top five. It was, I think it went down to like four at one point. And then it was three. Like, most of the time, it's been three, the third best odds. Number one odds is has been the Dodgers. Number two, I think, is Yankees still. I don't know why. It should be. I don't know about the Rays, but it should be. Or maybe it was the White Sox, too. I don't know. And then the Padres was third. So basically, they think the Padres are the second-best team in baseball because if they were in the American League, they would have the second-best odds. Um, that's pretty much all I got. Um, you know, like I said, I think you're going to see a big second half. I think Hosmer can, can 
maybe I'm too optimistic on him on the stance, but I I see a difference. The, you know, um, I, hopefully Snell can pitch a little bit better or or pitch decent on the road. I mean, he's been a disaster on the road. You can't have that. You can't have automatic losses. You can't have an ERA. I think it's nine or ten on the road. I mean, this is just an automatic fucking loss. Hopefully that changes. I think Machado's going to continue to ball. Tatis is fucking the best player in the league. And, I mean, we're right there. We got some superstars. We could go against the big boys. When you have superstars like Machado and Tatis, and when Machado's playing like a superstar, hitting what defensively he's always a superstar. But when he's hitting like a superstar, we can hang with the big boys. Our lineup's good enough. Uh, you get Nola in there, you know, and you, you, you could put the way Cronenworth's hitting and Fam's hitting – I mean, you drop Grisham down to six, seven, or eight. I mean, fuck, dude. You got a good lineup. I know, what is it, Hosmer in the five holes? Not the best thing ever, but hopefully he comes out of it. You got enough pitching. You got enough starting pitching. Musgrove's been fantastic. Darvish is, honestly, Darvish is probably the MVP of the team right now. I know you would say, well, Tatis has to be. If Darvish was on this team and eating up all the innings, I think you'd be in a lot more trouble than if Tatis was just completely out. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to really argue that. But my point is Darvish has been damn val- damn valuable eating up innings, especially, you know, pitching one start before Snell because Snell fucking sometimes only goes three innings. And, you know, the previous game, Darvish went six or seven. But like I said, I think the main thing, if I was Preller, I'd go get a reliever that can pitch the eighth or the ninth inning. I don't really care if it's eight or nine. I think Melanson will be all right for nine. But if you want to secure that, get a better guy, put him at nine, put Melanson at eight, put Pomeranz at seven. And Pomeranz is iffy at seven because he can't go back to back. And then his injuries, get Pierce Johnson back. Hopefully, you know, you got Stammen, you got Hill, you got um, Pagan, you got Adams, you, you would have enough guys, I believe. So that's all I got till the next time. All right, then go Padres.